Hello guys. Hi. Welcome to another episode of the Kawaii Cast. Spoopy month. Spoopy. As you guys know, uh, Halloween is this Wednesday, so this is our last episode of Spoopy Month. Mm-hmm. Uh, let us know if you guys liked this whole, like, themed month, because we might do more of it in the future. Although I don't really know how to do any other month other than Spoopy. Well, I mean, there's, like, Valentine's Day, and a That's lot of slice-of-life anime have Valentine's episodes. Yeah, maybe we'll do, uh, like, Gushy Month. Gushy Month? Yeah. Sounds like... A very gore-filled month, like, uh, how <laughs> how many gallons of blood does this anime have? How many hearts can I fit in this bucket? At least seven. That's a Valentine's Day theme. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I celebrate Valentine's Day. By putting hearts in buckets? Yep, how do you celebrate? Are they freshly harvested? Uh, depends. How many guys are interested in me that year, you know? Uh, okay. <laughs> Who do I give my chocolate to? Not Tyler. Actually, Tyler eats your chocolate anyways. That's so. true. <laughs> I did give you chocolate last year. You did. Yeah, it was cute. And then you got me nothing for White Day. Yeah, I'm a terrible, <laughs> terrible person. Yeah, at least we're not living in Japan, then you'd be shamed. Shamed. <laughs> but anyway, so on to Spoopy Month. So we are concluding this with, uh, talk about spoopy manga in particular. Spoopy momga. Yep. It's interesting. Momga. Momga. <laughs> I do words good. <laughs> so, uh, particularly automatically when you think of manga in the horror genre, the immediate thought, of course, is going to go to the master of Japanese horror, Junji Ito. Yep. Who, I did read a few of his recently, just sitting in my room in the dark. As one does. Yeah. Read manga in the dark. Reading scary manga in the dark. Uh, it helps when you're reading it on your phone, because then it, this phone's lit up. So I'm not reading, like, paper in the dark. <laughs> sure, sure beats the days when we had to watch TV by candlelight. Right? <laughs> don't have to read your Junji Ito by candlelight. You can now do it on your phone. Yeah. Unless you're unless you're underage, in which case you have to hide under the covers with a flashlight in your mouth. <laughs> I will say, uh, the flashlight thing definitely gives you a bit better mood for reading those kinds of things than reading on your phone. Does it? Yeah. Like, you kind of lose, like, some of that, like, effect when you're reading on your phone. At least with the flashlight... You kind of feel a little bit more helpless when you're reading scary stuff. Okay, so. but the flashlight is a very good defensive tool. Yeah, but I don't, it's just, it's a vibe thing. Like, having a little flashlight to read something is just, it feels scarier. Okay. You know, so. I, I wouldn't know. You, have you never read scary stories? I don't get scared. It's not about getting scared. It's about getting in the mood. Uh, if you say so. <laughs> so, uh, one... I, I don't get in the mood. I have no mood. <laughs> one particular Junji Ito that really stood out uh, to me in particular was uh, the one about this girl with long hair who, uh, turns out she was growing out her hair because 
her crush asked her out and he said, hey, I think you look really good with long hair. So the two of them had been dating for several years and she grew her hair really, really long for him. And she basically changed everything about herself for him. And she became like his ideal girl. But then he's just like, you're too much my ideal girl. I'm kind of bored with it. And he breaks up with her. So she decides like, well, you know, fuck him. I'm going to cut my hair off. But before she could cut her hair off, her hair decides to cut her head off. (laughs) I don't think that's how hair works. Her hair retaliated. And eventually her sister finds her decapitated head in the attic where the hair has grown completely out of control. And starts attacking them. Okay, but that's a myth. Hair does not continue to grow after you die. It does if it's sentient enough to chop your head off. Okay, if your hair is sentient, you should be concerned. (laughs) So, I really liked this one in particular, though, just because uh, Jinji Ito comics usually have some kind of, like, underlying message to them that is kind of like, you know, like most ghost stories, there's usually some kind of message there. In this particular case, it's don't change yourself for anybody. Okay. Because once you change who you are for somebody else, that version of you takes on their own identity and will destroy you. Yeah. Um, Reminds me of that one comic. I don't know if it's like a manga or or even if it is Junji Ito, if, if it is. Where this this girl, you know, she's she's bigger, she's fat. She asks this guy out, and he turns her down. Oh yeah. And he says like, "Oh no, you're I'm not into large girls, basically." Mm-hmm. And then she goes and she basically starves herself until she's she's thin, and then she comes back and you know she asks him out again, and he's like, "Oh okay," and you know he's like, "Want to make out, basically." And then she eats And her. then, so they start making out, and, like, her hunger just overtakes her, and she just, like, bites his face <laughs> off. Like, Arr! I do like that one a lot. <laughs> like, oh my god. I don't know, I don't think that one's a Junior Yudo, but I do like that one a lot. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that's kind of just one that's been spread around social media. It's kind of become a viral comic. I think so. And, of course, there's always my favorite Junji Ito, uh, The Hanging Balloons. The Hanging Balloons. Yes, and I I know I've told you about this uh, one before. I don't think I'm familiar with this one. So, At least I know I haven't read it. Yeah, so this one is absolutely fantastic. It starts off with just kind of like um, like a news report that like this uh, popular idol living in this town has committed suicide. Uh, they found her body hanging from a steel cable outside her window, and so, so they're like she you know tied the steel cable into a noose and hung herself or hang herself with it. Uh, it's very hard to tie a steel cable, by the way. Yeah. And from there, like, a lot of her fans, you know, start, you know, committing suicide. And it becomes, like, a big trend because everybody's like, oh, my God, she was my whole world. Uh, one day, uh, her boyfriend ends up, like, confronting, like, the main girl in our story and tells her, like, she would never do that. She would never commit suicide. And as he's, and he says, you know, I keep being haunted by her in my dreams. I keep seeing her head floating around. And so he asks the girls, like, can you please come to the shrine with me? That's where I've seen the head. And they both see this idle girl's head literally floating around. Uh, one night, 
they also see the boyfriend's head and has a steel cable noose hanging from the head, which then wraps around his neck and kills him. The next day, suddenly there's tons of like floating heads, all of them representing the face of a different person living in that town. And they're all chasing after their, you know, human counterpart, trying to hang them with their steel nooses. Because that's not creepy as hell. Yeah, and that's the whole thing. It's just a town plagued by floating heads trying to kill them. Uh, that's and crazy. if you attack one of the heads, like somebody actually uses a crossbow and shoots down one of the heads, it immediately kills the person associated with it. So there's no way to retaliate. All you can do is hide. Damn. So I I, I don't get that. Like, who in Japan has a crossbow, you know? It, I know. It was like some kind of neat that just hangs out in his house. Like, he literally, like, opens a window. He's like, don't worry, I have a crossbow. I, like, got, <laughs> I got this, guys. Yeah. I, I guess maybe uh, Junji Ito thought it'd be more realistic for him to have a crossbow than to have a gun. So... Well, I was thinking more like Shuriken, you know? Like, he just jumps out and, like, That's throws... That's a stereotype. Throws five... I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have none of that on this episode. <laughs> At least a katana. Come on. Okay, but who doesn't have a katana? Fair. The question is, who would throw their katana at a floating head? Like, well, not throw, but I mean, you know, you you run out there, and as as they get closer, you know, you you swing and chop these floating heads in half. <laughs> no, these aren't actual anime characters; they're real people. But, uh, so again, like, there is a message tied to this one. Uh, in this case, it. Is actually a very more, it's a bit more subtle. It's a kind of about how uh, suicide can actually be kind of like viral in a weird case. Like, uh, you know, immediately like a celebrity from the town kills herself and then you immediately see like her fans like jumping to commit suicide. And then you see eventually like everybody, like the boyfriend commits suicide. Then like people from her school start committing suicide. And it, it's just kind of a message of how like out of control that kind of stuff can get without... Having knowledge. Okay, but fanboys can be kind of, well, crazy. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine if, you know, someone decided that, you know, their favorite Love Live character wanted to commit suicide? Like, Okay, but this was a real <laughs> idol, not an anime girl. No, no, but that's that's what I'm getting at. Like, like if, if an idol girl, you know, in real life had actually done it, like, how many people would go on off themselves. Yeah, like, and, and like insane. I said, that's that's kind of the point, too. And I think it becomes uh, a lot harder to not contemplate it when it's somebody really close to you. So I think that's why it immediately goes to, like, the boyfriend was, like, the next victim, and then people from that school that knew him personally become the next victims, and, you know, then the girl's family becomes victims, and the girl ends up being the last victim, and it's... It's, it's definitely a metaphor for how quickly depression can spread. Yeah. So, and that's what I really like about Junji Ito, is, like, the metaphors aren't always just, like, super obvious or clear, but it's just kind of something you have to really think about and really contemplate on, and his, the ends of his stories aren't always happy, either. Like, uh, one of his most famous one, uh, Uzumaki, which 
is one that actually did get a live film adaptation, which is the one about the town plagued by spirals, is a story about how quickly mass hysteria can spread. And we talked about mass hysteria in our first spoopy episode. And how insane mass hysteria is. Uh, Uzumaki is the story of this guy living in a town who becomes obsessed with spirals. Is that like, um, what's his name? Historical figure was obsessed with circles. Yeah. <laughs> like, obsessed with circles to the point of when his city is being attacked by an invading army. Like, he runs out and up to one soldier and he screams something about the, the circles. And to which point the, the enemy soldier replies by impaling him on his sword. <laughs> yeah, It's a real thing. Look it up. Yeah, I mean, that's a good case of uh, internal hysteria. Uh, in the case of the spiral, he becomes so obsessed with it that he literally contorts his entire body into a spiral. Ouch. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, he dies. Uh, <laughs> but it starts affecting more and more people throughout the town, and this is... It gets to the point where it gets but, out of control. But but does he succeed? Like, does he contort his body into a spiral before he dies? Yeah, he becomes an actual spiral. Like, he contorts himself into this small little barrel. So, uh... Uzumaki is definitely one of the longer ones. It's multiple chapters long. I think it's uh, two full books. Mm -hmm. But uh, apparently the ultimate message of Uzumaki is actually this idea of forces that are outside of your control. Because it turns out like the main like villain of the spiral... Cat, can you not? <laughs> Whatever. The main villain uh, being the spirals has actually had something to do with like a deity or something. I never actually got around to reading all of Uzumaki. But it, it definitely goes into like otherworldly like how... And I think that's more like an idea that like hysteria is something that isn't really explained by science. Like nobody can really explain that story we were talking about a few weeks ago about like the town that just started dancing. Yeah. No one can explain that. And this, this stuff like that happens all the time. Like, there was a case, I believe, in Africa where all these kids just started clapping. Like, were they clapping in rhythm? Or was it yeah. just, like, clapping like, like, oh my god, I'm part of an audience? No, they were clapping in rhythm. Okay. And it lasted for months. That's so weird. Like, we're, we're, And then they just stopped. They, doing it in their sleep, like... <laughs> I I don't know the whole story, but yeah, it's it lasted for months and then it just stopped. That's so weird. And no one can explain it. And I think that's kind of the frightening thing about mass hysteria. So Uzumaki is a really good read if you want something that kind of like digs into that. There's a reason why Junji Ito has become like considered like the HP Lovecraft of japan because he he takes a lot of inspiration from that like even things like uh no 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 speaking of that uh are a lot of like he's junji ito's done a lot of different stuff yes <laughs> um has has it been found whether or not all of the stuff his he's done is in like supposedly his own little you know like the same world that he's created or is like each individual thing like, in a separate world. 
Like, I, is, is each one its own separate thing? I do know that there is, like, a shared universe in Junji Ito's comics. Like, uh, there are reoccurring characters that do actually have crossovers from time to time. I don't know if every story he's ever written share is part of that universe, though. Okay. Um, now, now on that, with with Junji Ito's, uh, obviously he's he's fairly famous. Um, are his are his books doujins or are they like actual actually published? So they're, they're so it, so published. a doujin is you know self published. Like is yeah. is he publishing them himself? Or is, are they going through a publishing company? I think maybe some of his early work might have been doujin, but for the most part, a lot of his famous work is going through a publishing company. Okay. So, uh, fun fact about uh, Junji Ito. Uh, Junji Ito's not the biggest fan of horror. <laughs> and yet, look at his line of work. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of people ask him, like, in interviews all this, and all that, like, you know, who did you get your inspiration from? You know, how many, ro- you know, horror mangas or how many, you know, scary movies have you watched and all that. And he's actually... To which he replies, oh, I didn't write this. It just turned up in, on my book while I was sleeping. <laughs> so he's actually really genuinely terrified of, like, horror. Like, I do think that he is familiar with H.P. Lovecraft's work. It would be hard for him to not be. But really, a lot of the uh, inspiration is just things that, like, scare him. So, so he almost does it as uh, a coping mechanism, or, or as kind of a way to get over his own fears. I I think so. I mean, I'm not a psychiatrist, so I couldn't tell you for sure. But I think, in a way, it might even just be like this scares me. I bet it would scare somebody else. Okay. You know, like uh, he actually mentioned the first time he ever thought about drawing a monster was growing up there was like, you know, this hallway in his house that didn't ever light up properly that he had to go through every single night to reach his bedroom. And every time he'd have to walk through that hallway, he would always imagine the things that were hiding for him. You just do what every kid does and you, you run past the dark parts. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I'm sure he did, but like it would, it was always his imagination just running wild. Like he would always picture like what was, sitting there waiting for him on the other side yes because as every psychologist will tell you being afraid is of the dark isn't being afraid of what is in the dark it's being afraid of what you don't know is in the dark yep it's a fear of the unknown and so for those of you who are listening who are actually genuinely afraid it actually is a symptom of being a creative person like, uh, people whose imaginations run wild are actually more prone to being, like, having phobias. <laughs> My cat. He's so hyper tonight. He is. Okay, you haven't had to deal with him all day today. Like, he's been absolutely nuts. <laughs> I guess you've had to deal with him a little bit for today. You might have to take that away from him. I'm worried he's gonna hurt himself. Nicola, don't be a butt. He just stares at me. Uh, Take that away from him. I'm worried he's going to hurt himself. There we go. There. (laughs) Okay, go go play. So, I mean, obviously Junji Ito is the master of horror when it comes to Japan. But I actually did check out a few other manga just to, you know, because I was alone at night and wanted to spook myself. So, 
I found one that I don't really particularly think is scary, but was more unsettling. And actually, this was a recommendation from one of my favorite YouTubers. Uh, we're not sponsored, so I'm not going to name names. But if you watch his videos, you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, this actually ended up being top ten, like, scary things that they recommend. Uh, it's called uh, Trail of Blood. And that sounds like something that'd be just super gory, but it's not. Uh, there's actually very little gore throughout it. And uh, I did get a content warning going into the series that this is one of those series that could actually completely change you mentally. So uh, I did get a content warning about this manga, about how it is one of those like really things that could actually change, you know, your outlook on life and was super creepy. So I am going to put that content warning on it. It did not personally affect me, in my opinion. Uh, it did kind of keep me tossing a little bit at night. Again, not because it's scary, but it's just, it's so unsettling. Uh, this is one, much like Junji Ito, I think this manga could not exist in anime form. Like, that's the thing is, like, people have tried to add, you know, do adaptations of Junji Ito and it always ends horribly. This one I feel like would do the same thing, because the thing that makes this particular manga so good, in my opinion, and one of the things that makes it unsettling is the fact that it starts off, like, normal art style. Like, it has a very, you know, very soft art style to it. As things start getting more and more intense, the art style starts to get a little bit rougher. Uh, you'll see the artist is using really, like, scribbly pen strokes. Things start getting a bit more chaotic, a little bit more distorted. As the tension rises even more, the pen strokes get more and more harsh. Everything gets kind of crazy and fuzzy and blurry and it feels like your heart is racing just looking at the art style. But then you turn the page again, and like a car accident, everything just slams, stops, and everything goes back to being soft, but almost, like, absurdly soft. Like, softer than the original art style. And it's terrifying. That's kind of crazy. Like, it, it perfectly mimics what it's like to be in a runaway train and then suddenly hit a wall. Is really the only way I can describe it, and I just, I don't know how an anime would ever convey that exact feeling, you know? Uh, so for those, again, this is not a very gory manga, despite the fact that the, you know, title is called Trail of Blood. Uh, the title is actually referring to genetic blood. So the series is actually about a 13-year-old boy who has an extremely protective mother. And at first, you know, just like the art style, she seems pretty normal. She asks him, what kind of bun do you want in the morning? Red bean or meat? And he always answers meat because it's his favorite. Uh, he's, you know, being 13 is kind of that really awkward age where <laughs> you have, you know, your morning, you have your crushes, you have your friends that are kind of assholes, like... The very first uh, time we meet his friends, they pants him on the way to school. God, what dicks. Yeah, it's kind of like, it's that age where you don't really know, like, the border between bullying and it's just a prank, bro, you know, like. So, it, it's it's that horrible, horrible age where you're going through puberty and everything sucks. Yeah, it's true. Going through puberty, <laughs> everything does suck. 
so but for the most part his life's pretty normal it starts to feel a little bit awkward when he makes plans with his friends for the weekend and his mom tells him like oh you know your aunt and your cousin were supposed to come over instead and immediately he's like oh you'll just cancel my plans with my friends spend time with my cousin and you know the mom tells like oh you don't have to do that but i appreciate it again typical family life stuff and uh then we're presented with the cousin who is an absolute bully who is just an absolute piece of shit constantly harassing the main kid and telling him like oh you're such a mama's boy your mom's always been there for you your mom's so protective and defensive and blah 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 my mom says your mom is crazy and and well my mom <laughs> says your mom is a whore yeah and immediately the boy lashes out at his cousin like don't talk bad about my mommy and immediately this is like a big shift because he stops referring to his my mom and starts calling her my mommy and you'll notice that has happened throughout you know the comic a few times where he'll say the word mommy whenever he's distressed and so anyway so their whole family decides to go like on a trip to the hot springs because like they have like you know, reservation or whatever, they have to get there by hiking. And on the hike, again, his cousin starts being a, you know, piece of shit and starts joking about how he's going to push him off a cliff. And so at one point, you know, they they decide, like, oh, you know, we both need to use the bathroom. Let's go pee in the bushes. And again, his cousin, like, runs up to a cliffside. He's like, hey, come over here. Yeah, I want to show you something. He's like, no, I'm not going to go over there because you threatened to push me off a cliff earlier. And he's like, oh, it's fine. And then the defensive mother shows up, sees the cousin acting like a prick. And he almost slips off the cliff and she catches him just in time. And this is where the manga takes a huge twist where she looks at him. You know, she managed to catch, you know, her ne- you know, nephew before he fell off the cliff. Immediately throws him off the cliff. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Take that, kid. She then tells her son to go tell the family... You know, that call an ambulance, he fell off a cliff. And they do find him, and they do manage to save his life, but he becomes a vegetable at that point. So now, the main boy and his mom now share the secret that she's a psychopath and just tried to kill his cousin. Because he's a piece of shit and probably deserved it. And from there, things start to spiral. Like, the main boy starts to struggle a lot more with, like... He wants to protect his mom, but he also, you know, can't bear this, like, dark secret. Uh, His school crush actually confesses, you know, her love for him through a letter, and the mom freaks the fuck out. She rips up the letter, and she says, you know, like, you know, let's, let's promise, you know, not to respond to her together. Let's, you know, stay together. And the mom, you know, starts trying to kiss her son and be, like, super affectionate because she's crazy. And from there, it starts to spiral more and more. Like, the boy starts to be able to not speak. He has trouble talking to people, even, like, members of his family. Uh, His mom tries to kill him at one point because she says that he was, like, mouthing off. And so, eventually, uh, the spirals into... Bitches be crazy. Yeah. Eventually, his crush kind of, like, picks up on a lot of these red flags and says, like, hey, my dad's abusive. If your mom's abusive, you need to talk to me about it. And so he finally confides in his crush, like, I'm going through a lot of stuff. You know, I feel like you're like a safe haven for me. And uh, from here, I am going to go a little bit into, like, spoiler territory. So if you guys are interested in reading this from this point, uh, check back in, let's say, four minutes and Tyler will time me on this. Okay. 
so the starting now. Uh, okay. So the boy ends up dating the girl because he finds she's a safe haven. Like she's the only person where he's able to actually talk. He's able to use his voice. He doesn't feel stutters anymore. The mom finds out and, you know, tries to, you know, steal him back. He ends up confronting his mom, you know, with the help of this girl and says, you know, I don't need you anymore. And he ends up running away from home. He's 13. He has nowhere to go. So the girl's like, you could stay at my house, you know, as long as my drunk dad doesn't catch you. And from there, uh, she's like, oh, you can't sleep on the floor. You have to sleep in my bed. Otherwise, my dad will catch you. And she starts saying all this stuff. Like, you have to be close to me. You have to be with me because my dad's going to catch you otherwise. And the whole series Sounds ends. Sounds just controlling. Exactly. And uh, so the very last panel is the girl kissing him while they're in bed together and him just kind of, like, exploding like, metaphorically, of course, but... <laughs> I was gonna say, like, it literally <laughs> exploding, just like... <laughs> but I... That's really where it ends, though. It's just, like, this, like, metaphorical explosion. And I kind of really like this because I think the idea is that you go from, like, a controlling mother who's, like, this is a very incestuous kind of relationship that's really dangerous and really scary to, you know, somebody who feels, like, safe, somebody who feels like they get me, they understand me, I feel comfortable with them. Only to find out that they are just as toxic and just as bad. Yeah. And that you can't really escape that cycle of abuse. And I think that's really what made this series kind of unsettling because it really does end there. It ends with, like, he's still in the same situation. See, see, and that's interesting because, like, people who are in those toxic situations, they don't... They, they don't see the, the warning signs of another toxic situation. Yeah. You know, it's it's not as clear. Every The the lines are blurred for him, basically. Yeah. Also, an interesting fact, we never actually see the abusive father, which kind of leaves it, you know, open for interpretation whether or not he even exists. Yeah. Like, she could have simply picked up on, like, the, you know, red flags and made up a story so that way, you know, he would open up to her. Yeah. You know, and it's it's possible that the drunk dad does exist, but either way, she did take advantage of that situation. And she did manipulate him to get him closer to her. Yeah. So. And, and that's another thing, you know, those that are in those kinds of situations, they, they tend to use that same kind of toxic behavior. You know, it's, it's not necessarily that they mean to. It just, it, it kind of happens. Like, that's that's a learned behavior. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, like I said, this is an extremely unsettling of manga, so there is a content warning for those of you who are interested in checking it out. I, like I said, I feel like I wasn't changed too much about it. Like, the content warning I got was like, this manga will change you forever. I don't feel like I'm changed forever, but it was an interesting read, and it was extremely unsettling. I genuinely don't think that this could exist in any medium other than manga. Yeah. And that's really why I wanted to do an episode just based on manga, because I do feel there are a lot of stories that are like that. It's it's that recent meme that's going around where it's like the manga and it has something and the anime and it's something really similar. And then it's like the Netflix, Netflix adap- adaptation <laughs> and it's like something not even close to the two. It's like, really? Did we hit that four minutes? Uh, close enough. We're like 13 seconds off. All right. We're just going to watch your cat do stupid shit. Okay. <laughs> really, cat? He's like upside down. 
attacking my sofa and just like clawing it with both his front and his back legs. He did find a good dust bunny. <laughs> he did find a good dust bunny, and he's trying to get under it. <laughs> Whatever. All right. There's there's the four minutes. There's the four minutes. We're back. Uh, I really didn't take four minutes, but I really wanted to be safe because we don't really have time stamps when we're recording. So, uh, one, you know, I did talk about how this really could only exist in manga form, and I don't think it, there could be a good anime adaptation of this. Uh, with that, I'm going to shift kind of to a different subject of something that really deserves an anime adaptation because I think it would do better in that medium but probably will not get an anime adaptation anytime soon, and that would be Shibuya Goldfish. Yeah. So I did check out Shibuya Goldfish. Oh um, my. I'm almost completely caught up on it. I'm only like two chapters behind. Uh, this one is actually fairly interesting. Uh, I really like the idea that it kind of follows your same, you know, zombie apocalypse situation, but in a very contained area. is only happening in Shibuya. And only in the goldfish. Yep. And so instead of zombies, they are massive floating goldfish that eat people. And it's so ridiculous that I think it's appealing uh, because they have to utilize like actual goldfish weaknesses, like the fact that goldfish have terrible eyesight. Okay. <laughs> but. <laughs> Okay, how how much research do you have to do on goldfish to figure this shit out? Right, uh, not a lot, because it's like basically their weakness is they they can't see very well, but they can smell and they can hear. Um, in interesting facts, actually fairly little known. Goldfish are very aggressive. They are very aggressive. Like, extremely aggressive. You know, you you have to be careful introducing more goldfish into your goldfish tank. Mm-hmm. Or just any other kind of fish. Like, your goldfish will attack others. Uh, another interesting thing that it plays on a lot is the fact that goldfish tend to lay their eggs in, like, the corpses of other creatures. Yeah. And you actually do see that played out in this manga quite a bit. Gross. Yeah, and the goldfish is, eggs is, don't is, take a long time to hatch. Is it is it still like the the fish reproductive system? Like the the female comes and lays their eggs in the corpse, and then the male comes and jizzes on the corpse. We it never gets that graphic. Okay, <laughs> thank God. <laughs> but yeah, you do get to see a baby goldfish kind of spring out of a man at one point. It's really fucking creepy. Pegasi, Pegasi. <laughs> so. Oh no, it laid eggs. <laughs> So, uh, the reason I think this would do better with an anime adaptation is because, like most zombie-themed shows, a lot of the uh, franchise is really dependent on the running and hiding aspect. So, you do lose a lot of the action when it comes to a manga adaptation, but I think it would also be really cool to actually hear the goldfish, and I know that sounds weird, but, like, there's these weird speech bubbles where they're just kind of talking nonsensical all the time. And, like, sometimes, like, the things they'll say, like, kind of, like, fit, like, the what's going on at the time, but also kind of, like, in a weird out-of-context way. Like, uh, uh, there's one point where everybody tries to get on the train for, like, you know, kind of their last chance to get out of Shibuya, and one of the goldfish is just saying something like, I'm going to miss the train, or, you know, like, the train's running late, or whatever. And it's, like, it doesn't actually make sense, because it's just a nonsensical theme, but it fits, like, what's going on. 
Okay. Yeah, so... And they seem to be just mimicking things that they've heard people say. There's, like... You know, they'll that's, say... Ran- that, that's how they learn. They eat the brains <laughs> and learn the human speech. I think the creepiest thing... Because uh, if you ever seen, like, a fish poop? They poop in pillars? Yeah, they poop in, like, long strings. Yeah, so there is one point where you see a bunch of goldfish, like, pooping in their, like, long strings. But you can see, like human corpses like twisted into like those cylinders <laughs> oh that's not an image anyone needed to see what kind of sick guy do you have to be to draw that right so uh and of course you know we're in shibuya tokyo so a lot of like the fighting back is usually just has to be you know clever wit like, certain things like uh, goldfish, since they don't see very well, they'll usually be distorted by, like, high levels of heat or smoke. So there are several times where characters will literally just light an entire building on fire just so they could run away. So there's no single otaku with a crossbow. Nope, there's not. <laughs> uh, we could really use him. <laughs> he got hanged by a Junji Ito balloon. Damn! <laughs> And that's another the, thing. like The hero we deserved. <laughs> but not the one we needed at the time. <laughs> he was needed in another manga and he was not there. Uh... <laughs> so, I mean, of course, Shibuya is not really known for its weapons. You know, it's like the middle of Tokyo. There's not exactly like an armory anywhere nearby. It's it's not like that town that's known for its ninja. Yeah, so it's like you basically get by with whatever you can find in like the shopping district. Yeah. So you got to get quick. Throw an idol magazine at him. <laughs> One of the characters actually is an idol. <laughs> does does the idol survive? So far, she has. Okay. So so, uh, so far, at the although end. it was her fault, they didn't get out. There was a rescue helicopter that said that we're only going to show up once. So they made like a big announcement. Like, if you guys need to get out of Shibuya, you need to meet in this area at this time. We're only going to stay there for a few seconds and then we're going to take off. And she said, no, guys, I need to do a show for my fans. No, uh, she wants to get out so she could do a show for her fans. But uh, her treasure is like this like little scrunchie that one of her fans gave her before they were eaten by a goldfish. And so they're on the ladder, you know, getting into the helicopter, and one of the goldfish, like, snaps the scrunchie off her wrist, and she dives down to go get it. And then the main character is just like, I can't let the only chick in this whole city die! So he chases, he jumps down after, and the helicopter takes off without them. Yeah. So it's her fault! So, so bonus about the helicopter is it also acts as a mobile blender. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there were multiple helicopters, and the first helicopter got taken out by a fish just dive-bombing it. (laughs) (laughs) Helicopter's not exactly the best plan to get out, but that one managed to survive, and it took one person with it. And almost took all three survivors, but then the girl had to go back for her scrunchie. Some bitch had to be more concerned about a scrunchie than her life. Right. Which... It's the dumbest thing. Like, I get it. It was like, oh, she was my first fan. You know, it was like, she dead, girl. She dead. You know, like, I get, like, it's symbolic, but it's not worth dying. (laughs) Right? So, and then that leads us to another character who was considered, like, this crazy homeless person. He's he's the one 
that had the sign that said, Goldfish are coming, yeah, right? Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, supposedly, like, he will, like, if you give him food, he'll do anything for you. So, like, if you give him food and you say, like, I need you to kill a man, he'd, like, do it. Damn. Yeah, so... That uh, guy's loyal. Yeah, so... But, like, I mean, at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm sure if you gave me food good enough... Like, I could probably be bribed into killing someone. So he is absolutely loving this goldfish takeover because he is just in the sewers eating goldfish corpses. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> he also apparently stockpiled everything that could be used as a weapon in Shibuya. <laughs> I, I want that guy on my team. <laughs> right? So we get introduced to him. Uh, he's absolutely fantastic. He meets up with the two main characters after their failed escape attempt, and they're told, like, rescue's not coming back, and they cannot get out of Shibuya because Shibuya's been told turned into a giant fishbowl. So now it's just a matter of surviving until they can either figure a new way out, or if maybe rescue will come for them again. Or see if they can just outlive the goldfish. Uh, well, they're going through the sewers. Try going through the sewers. 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 Hey there, Georgie. <laughs> Got a nice balloon down here. <laughs> you can float too. You can. We all float down here, Georgie. Well, the goldfish float in Shibuya. So. <laughs> Damn. Well, I mean, I'm glad they turned it into a a, a goldfish tank because can you <laughs> imagine goldfish, you know, spreading out of Shibuya? Yeah. So we don't know where the goldfish came from. Or why they eat people, or why they talk like people. But they're pretty fucked up, and they have all of the uh, strength that every real goldfish has. Yeah. As the, well. the strength of real goldfish. Yeah. <laughs> Memory span of three minutes. That's terrifying if you don't remember what you ate last. <laughs> Did I have George or Bill for lunch? Better eat them both. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't stop eating because they'll continue to eat and they'll just crap at the same time. <laughs> like, it's just just a continuous stream of food intake and crap outgo. Yep. So, uh, it's surprisingly creepy. I really do think the manga misses out on a lot because we really don't get to see like that action. Uh, I genuinely hope it gets turned into an anime, to be honest. I, I think it would be far more successful as an anime than as a manga. Yeah. I can so. dig it. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, those are the big mangas that I have been checking out lately. Uh, if you guys are interested in getting into any spoopy mangas, you guys have a few more days leading up to Halloween. Get yourself some flashlight and sit around your cell phone and read things together and enjoy it. Because there's, there's good stuff out there. And please feel free to comment... On our Instagram, like, what kind of spoopy mangas do you guys like to read? Or even ghost stories? Because Tyler and I like sitting around, like, campfires and stuff and talking about ghost stories. So. Gather gather some friends and hold a flashlight under your face telling scary stories. We, we do do that when we go camping. It's the so. only way to do it. Right? Uh, I, I really do feel like uh, if you guys grew up with, like, that book, like, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, you would definitely love Jinji Ito. It definitely has the same kind of vibe. Yeah. So, uh, those were three of my favorite Junji Ito in particular. Also, let me know what your guys' favorites are, because there are so many. 
And if I hear one more person tell me the Tomoe ones are the best ones, I will come down there and beat you with a Junji Ito book myself. Tomoe is great. She's not my favorite. Okay, but like, how thick are those Junji Ito books? Because depending on the thickness, <laughs> it could take a long time for you to beat them to death. <laughs> I'll beat the, I'll sick goldfish on them. Oh, shit. Just gonna show up to random people's house and throw goldfish crackers at them. <laughs> throw, <laughs> I hope it eats you! <laughs> uh, you did mention that you checked out an anime this week. Um, it's actually one that I've been kind of watching. It, it was... It got a new season for, for last season, so it had some new episodes. It's called Yamishibai, Japanese Ghost Stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so this was, I think, its fifth or sixth season. It, it keeps coming back. And it's just a, a series of short stories. It's one of those anime where each episode is, like, five to ten minutes long. And they're all just, like, kind of really creepy, uh, you know, like, like stories. Um, I remember one I watched this week was, you know, these two girls went hiking, and they're up on the mountain, you know, and one girl's like, oh, you know, she's, she's getting excited, and she's screaming, you know, because of the echo. Mm-hmm. And the other girl's like, oh, nobody gets excited over echoes that, you know, anymore, like, calm down, and... And as they're they're talking, and she's still screaming, doing the echoes, uh, like this heavy, heavy fog comes in. Like you, you just can't see through it at all, mm-hmm. you know. And and as the fog comes in, then this guy starts replying to her echoes, you know. And he's like, "Oh, where are you?" You know, it's like we're trying to find them. And uh, and they're going, you know. And as as that progresses, eventually they start hearing more voices. Like, oh, don't listen to him, you know, he's he's lying, you know, and like, run away, you know, like various different <laughs> voices. And then, you know, the, the fog clears up, the two, the two find each other, the two girls, and, and they start walking back down the mountain, right? So as, as they're going down the mountain, the fog rolls back in again, and they get separated, and the one girl, you know, who was saying, hey, calm down, you know, it's, it's just an echo, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sh- they get separated, and she's like, oh, where are you, where are you? And and then you hear the guy's voice, you know, the original guy. He's like, I'm right here, you know, and and that's where it ends. Like, you don't know <laughs> if she's caught or anything. Like, like you can only speculate. So so that's, you know, a lot of the stories in this show are like that. It's It's really good. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think... God, I think Japan kind of gets some of my favorite horror. Uh, fun fact, because we're talking about scary manga, uh, the ring was actually based off of a manga. Yeah. Yeah, which I did read when I was in high school. Was it any good? It's really good. Was it better than the American movie? Yeah, and it's the original source material, so it's gonna be better. Because I know, I know. Uh, I the, really uh, the, American the American movie, movie was based on the Japanese movie adaptation, and there was a lot of variations between the two. Yeah. So. Uh, I actually really liked the American movie. I never got to see the Japanese movie. Uh, I did see the original uh, Japanese version of The Grudge, though. 
okay. which I really, really like. Which one's the grudge? Uh, that's the one with the ghost children that go... Oh, 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 oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they kind of click more than... Yeah. <laughs> I can't do it right now, but yeah, you, you get it. Yeah, uh, which is hands down the most terrifying noise to ever come out of horror. Ever. <laughs> so, and I do think inspired the noise from The Last of Us. With the fungi zombies. Yeah. Yeah, they click too, so. Uh, other horrors. Uh, not an anime, but is another Japanese horror. Is a video game based off real events. That one is... Trying to think of the name of it. Uh, Fatal Frame. So. I know that sounds familiar. I haven't played it, but. Yeah, it's an old PS2 game. They also remade a few others, and there was even one on the Wii. The original Fatal Frame is based off of an actual ghost story from Japan. So in the game, you have a camera that supposedly can be used to fight off and ward off ghosts. Uh, you end up in, like, this creepy old, like, uh, Japanese, you know, property that has, like, a full, like, you know, shrine-like mansion and all that. And you find out about, like, this curse that's been plaguing the place that many people have tried to explore before to try to, you know, solve the mystery of what happened. And all have failed. And the more people who try to explore there to try to figure out what happened, the more ghosts end up plaguing the place because they die and they haunt the place. Uh, the original curse was actually a family that ended up trapping a girl there and sacrificing her by pulling all of her limbs on different ropes. Mmm, drawn and quartered. Yep. One uh, of my favorite methods of death. So this is based off of a real thing that happened in Japan. Uh, this land-owning family actually, you know, sacrificed a girl that they kidnapped and they're, like, you know, harvest that year into being extremely bountiful, so they decided, like, they must be appealing to the gods by doing that. So they... So every year we gotta sacrifice a virgin. They didn't do it every year, but they went as far as to adopt a girl who was, like, basically an infant, raise her until she was 16, and then sacrifice her. That's sick. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's considered one of the most haunted places on Earth. And the entire Fatal Frame franchise was based off it, so. Crazy. Yeah, so Japanese horror is pretty terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it, it can be. Yeah, so uh, let us know your favorite Japanese horror. How far are we in? Uh, 50 minutes. 50 minutes. Uh, let's talk about new anime season. So, um, so we are going to conclude our spooky month. We guys hope you guys have a wonderful Halloween. And these are the anime we're watching for the fall season. So kind of leading into it and, and going back to what we were talking about earlier, how um, some things don't translate into anime very well. Mm -hmm. uh, I recently found out the the CGI bear in Golden Kamui. Mm -hmm. There's a reason they did it that way. And in the manga, the he, he drew the bear like really realistically. Uh-huh. So so they were trying to get that different art style to translate into the anime mm -hmm. and it just it 
didn't work very well. <laughs> so so that's that's the reason behind the CGI bear. You had a really bad CGI? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so so like if if that's your one complaint about the show, it's still a really good show. Yeah, which has a really really creepy guy who skins humans and wears the skin as suits. <laughs> well, I mean, what else are you supposed to do with human skin? At least he's just getting the skin from grave robbing. Yeah. So, so far. Yeah. Uh, there's way more boner metaphors this season. If you guys missed those. <laughs> I don't know how you can have way more because there was a <laughs> lot in the first season. I feel like it's more in your face now. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, bam, boner in the face. Boner as, metaphors out the wazoo. As, and, you know, you you being a girl, you know all about a boner in the face. <laughs> <laughs> so Golden Kamui is back. Yes, yes we're it is. Happy about that. Uh we're starting this season off in springtime. <coughs> so time has passed since we left off and uh I know I got through the first two episodes. I think you fell asleep during the second episode. I think so. So you'll have to rewatch Sounds like that me. one. We'll have to get caught up on that cuz we love us some Golden Kamui. Yes. Thoroughly enjoying this show. Yep. Uh, sounds like the CGI bear thing had the exact opposite problem of anything from JoJo's, because I recently been looking at more of the manga of JoJo's and found out that Araki literally does not know how to draw dogs. <laughs> how how does he draw dogs? Not like dogs. Did did they have like a second face? No, they just don't look anything like dogs. <laughs> And we don't know why he doesn't know how to draw a dog. Like, I mean, there was a dog in part three who was one of the main characters, Iggy. Uh, he has a, he has, he looks like he has a human face in the manga. <laughs> okay. He's a very unsettling character. That, that is unsettling. Uh, the anime did manage to give him a dog-ish face. And he still expresses a little bit more like a person, but at least he kind of looks like a dog. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Araki doesn't know how to draw dogs. But he keeps putting them in. Uh, well, alright. Like, every part has at least one dog in it. And none of them look like dogs. But JoJo's part four is here. You mean part five? It is part five, you're right. Yes. Part five is here. Part four is I'm not even a JoJo's fan on them, but up more up to date than you. Yeah. No, I, I kid, of uh, course. Golden Wind is here, which is pretty awesome so far. Like, I was genuinely freaked out by how they did Black Sabbath, who's definitely one of the scariest stands ever. Uh, his power is basically uh, his owner gives Girono a lighter and tells him you have to keep this lighter lit for 24 hours and I will know if it goes out. And so the thing is, when it goes out, nothing happens. And he's kind of like, this, there's got to be some kind of trick. You know, there's, how does he know? And somebody else ends up lighting the lighter back up. And Jirono's shocked. Like, the lighter still functions. So what would what's stopping me from just relighting the lighter if it goes out? Like, what's the real test? Suddenly, a stand shows up and straight up murders the man who lit the lighter. Well, shit. And that is how you will know if 
you relight the lighter because anybody who lights it back up instantly gets killed. <laughs> well, shit. So <laughs> you could cheat just by having other people light the lighter for you and letting them die. But but then you'd know that they died yeah, but because then of you. Their blood is on your hand and that's how you join the mafia. And I think it's even like strongly implied that that's how other people did it. So, but Girono, he's the hero, and he doesn't want to sacrifice people for his dreams, so. All right. Yeah, so. So. Black Sabbath is terrifying. So, so speaking of, of that, uh, you know, obviously there's the, the censorship because of the FCC. Yes. What did they call Black Sabbath? Is he Dark Priest? I, I think it was Dark Priest, yeah. Okay. So. Now, now that's just in the subtitles. It's they just still, in the subtitles, They yeah. still say... And Black quote, Sabbath in... Yeah, and don't quote me on that, because I was actually paying more attention to what they were saying than reading the subtitles, so I don't remember exactly what it said, but it was something along those lines. Okay. So I do know that uh, Sex Pistols is going to be called Six Bullets. Mmm, Six Bullets. And, uh... Because every pistol only has six bullets. I can't remember what Bruno's stand is called, but in the subtitles it's Zipper Man. Zipper... <laughs> yeah. So. And then uh, Golden Wind is now Yellow Breeze. <laughs> so, <laughs> Such cheesy names. <laughs> and as Tyler mentioned, this is only in the subtitles. They did not alter any of the audio because they do not censor their shit. So. Yeah. Uh, another anime I just started watching today and already binged all four episodes. And this is one that I highly recommend to anybody who liked Haikyuu. It is called uh, Run with the Wind, and it is the story about a bunch of college students that all moved into a dorm because it provided them with free meals and fairly cheap rent, only to find out the whole thing Well, was... shit, that's enough to get me to enter a dorm. Right? Free meals and cheap rent. Uh, the whole thing turned out to be a scam that anybody who signed a contract to live there is now part of the track and field team. <laughs> That was in the fine print. Yep. <laughs> be, be sure to read your full contract, guys. <laughs> yep. This is this anime is literally about the importance of reading the terms and conditions. <laughs> do do not this do not skip the end user license agreement. <laughs> so uh, the main guy running the dorm immediately tricks them all into joining his track and field team because he needed ten members in order to qualify for this big race coming up. Uh, most of the people living there have some kind of athletic background, but none of them have really, like, actually done something as big as, like, this, you know, marathon race they're trying to enter for. And one of them has never run a day in his life. Running is hard. He gets out, like, paced by a butterfly. <laughs> is this a pigeon? Yeah, he gets outpaced by a pigeon. <laughs> uh... I really like the diversity of the boys. Like, normally, you guys know me. I'm all about pretty boys doing pretty things. I would not consider any of these boys really pretty boys. Like, um, they're, they're all kind of average boys. Like, none of them are really particularly ugly. Uh, except for maybe the one that's obsessed with game show trivia. He seems like he's a bit older. Uh, even he, I think, was probably really, you know, attractive in his youth. But... I wouldn't consider any of these boys really pretty boys. Like, this is not your typical, like, show to appeal to fangirls. These are just 
real boys. <laughs> but I think they're all going to become characters that I genuinely feel a connection with and genuinely fall in love with because they're all so diverse and they're all so great. And they all have such great personalities and they're all so unique and I'm just like, I, I genuinely care about them. Like, I feel very connected to them. Again, if you liked Haikyuu, you'll probably love this. This It's a bit more mature because we are following college students as opposed to high school students, so a lot of their issues do feel a bit more adult. Uh, not to, you know, especially because a lot of them, their biggest issues are they're trying to find jobs for when they get out of college, you know, or they're trying to make the best out of their college years before they graduate. And I really like that a bit more than high school, where it's just like, I don't know what I'm doing after I leave high school, so I just want high school to be the best, because high school is the only thing that matters in your life until you turn 18. High school is my life. Yeah, basically. So, <laughs> I don't care about college as long as I can play volleyball. <laughs> uh, this was also animated by IG Productions, which is the same group that did Haikyuu, so if you really, really love that animation style, which I do, uh, IG Productions does oh, for oh, kitty. Please boys don't. what Kyoto Studios does for girls, and is definitely one of the best. IG Studios also did the animated scenes for the Persona games, or Persona 5 the game, not Persona 5 the animation. <laughs> <laughs> So, definitely one of my favorite animation studios in anime, and I highly recommend this. 10 out of 10. Go watch Pretty Boys Run. Yes. Or, you know, I probably Average want. Boys Run. You should! I think you would love this anime. It's not, it's not gay sports anime. It's just, like, boys being scammed into doing shit. <laughs> it's not quite as ridiculous as uh, Grand Blue. So so there's no uh, college party, get everyone drunk. No, there's none of that. Uh, usually their parties are just kind of like, hey, somebody made a bunch of food to celebrate this guy moving in. Like, you know, it, it feels a bit more down to earth. Also, there is a ridiculously adorable Sheba in it. I do like Shebas. So, and I really do think that you would like the main character who's the one that scammed them all into joining the running team in the first place. He is the greatest character ever. <laughs> he is actually Satan. And there's a whole scene where he's trying to convince, like, the best runner. Because there is one guy who used to be, like, a famous runner in his high school. He's trying to convince him to stay in the dorms because he kind of just wants to move out so nobody will have to compete in this, like, contest. The way he tries to convince him is they have a challenge where they have to see which one of them can, like, stand this ridiculously hot bath the longest. And in the first two episodes, it mentions this bath is ridiculously hot. Like, it's a public bathhouse. And the water is so hot that nobody can really sit in it for longer than, like, a minute. That just sounds like a safety hazard. Yeah, so they challenge each other to see who can sit in the bath the longest. And the loser has to do whatever the winner says. <laughs> and this scene is so insane. <laughs> and it's just the way they animated the sweat when they're, like, hitting their boiling point was just the funniest thing ever. I 10 out of 10 recommend this anime particularly for you because this seems like the kind of anime you would actually just get a kick out of. Okay. So it's not pretty boys doing pretty things. It is just normal people trying to deal with things like financial issues and asshole roommates and running is kind of a subplot of it. Yeah. So... Uh, that's my recommendation for this week. Do you have anything? 
Um, uh, you know, I have still not fully caught up on everything. I've, I'm still trying to get over last season. Yeah. <laughs> you know, trying to get up on that. Um, not, not that I can think of. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but... how I got, or that time I got reincarnated as a slime is probably the best anime this season. Oh, yeah, season. The, the ones we're watching together. Like, how yeah. I got, re- <laughs> you know, that time I got reincarnated as a slime. Uh, we ten, did... 10 out of 10. Do yes. recommend. Like, it's just Overlord with a slime. This this show is great. Um, Goblin Slayer. Yeah, we found out Goblin Slayer is actually just about a bunch of gods who are manipulating the world by playing D&D. Basically, like, it even mentions a roll of the dice. Yeah. You know, so it literally is just like... D&D players. Like, can you imagine the one D&D player who's playing Goblin Slayer that's just, he had one traumatic <laughs> experience and now his entire life goal through this D&D <laughs> campaign is to just hunt down goblins Now and all kill of the other people in the game have to follow this asshole who just wants to kill goblins. <laughs> right? <laughs> the DM is trying so hard to bring the plot back to the fact that the world's about to be destroyed, but that one player is just like, I'm only getting involved if I get to kill goblins. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> the actual struggles of being a DM. <laughs> Uh, no, excuse you. The actual struggles of being a DM is more like, uh, well, look, look at all this plot over here. Quit paying attention to the barmaid. In this case, it's look at all this plot over here. Stop chasing goblins. <laughs> exactly. So, so <laughs> Goblin Slayer, um, it's, it's enjoyable. I'm enjoying it. It is enjoyable. It. Uh, I did mention, I wasn't sure how to feel about it in the last episode, uh, I don't completely retract that just because I feel like we're still not getting anywhere fast, but I will say I am proud of Goblin Slayer for not just relying on shock value every episode. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, so I think that concludes our spoopy month. You guys? Um, I did mention, was it last episode or the episode before that? Mm-hmm. There's the Yuri anime. About the you know the two girls, um, it's actually called Bloom Into You. Okay. Um, it's not on Crunchyroll. I'm hoping it's on Amazon because I do actually want to watch it. It might also be on High Dive. Might also be on High Dive. Yep. So we will figure that out. Uh, also, I did promise for those of you tuned in a live stream that I will be keeping up research on the separation between Crunchyroll and Funimation. A uh, new update I did find was that Funimation, the reason for their separation is because Funimation signed a contract with Sony, and Sony requested that they end their partnership with Verve. Okay, so so, so more details. Yeah. Uh, there are some anime that are going to be taking taken off Crunchyroll and some anime that will be taken off of Funimation. They are currently sorting through that to figure out what animes will be removed and which ones will stay. Uh, so until we get more information about that, I genuinely cannot tell you. I do know Crunchyroll did say My Hero Akka will remain on both platforms. Yeah, um, I think there has been a couple disagreements with Mm -hmm. those. Like, I I know. My Hero Akka is the biggest one. I think My Hero Akka is the one 
the the biggest one they're they're arguing about. Yeah, so that one will remain on both platforms, although it may interfere with Simuldub. Yeah. So the next season of My Hero Akko will probably not be Simuldubbed like it was this year. Yeah. Um, or it'll, since it is Funimation, it might be Simuldubbed, but Crunchyroll might not have access to the Simuldub. Yeah, so... Something like that. We won't know for sure until they give us an announcement, but guys, do not worry. For those of you who are concerned about, like, My Hero Akka not being on your favorite platform, it will remain on your favorite platform, so... Yeah. Uh, other ones we are not completely sure about. I I believe Fairy Tale is going to continue being simuldubbed. Uh, same with One Piece. I should hope so. Fairy Tale's in its last season. Like, yeah. you might as well just finish it off. And they did say anything that's currently being simuldubbed will continue to be simuldubbed even after the separation. Yeah. So I believe Fairy Tale will fall into that category as well as One Piece, but do not quote me on that. Uh, so yeah, we will keep you posted with that. I am checking back with their, uh, websites every day to get you guys the information. Uh, for those of you who missed the live stream, we will have that episode coming out probably next week. Yeah. So, uh, um, I'm not I, sure. I don't it... think I'll do it on our normal days, so it won't be a Friday. I might just upload it like a Tuesday, Wednesday, something like that. Yeah, for the official update on that, uh, check out the Instagram page uh, where Tyler will keep you guys posted on that. And that is at KawaiiCast yep. on Instagram. On Instagram. We do have a Facebook group as well that's currently not being used, so go check out yeah, our Facebook we should, group too. We should update that. Yep, uh, you should update that. So. <laughs> Me? Yeah, you, know, you know how terrible I am at updating things. Yeah, but you are in charge of the social media. So. Shit. Okay. So yeah, so uh, join the group as well so we can start discussion and keep people posted about things. Yes. And you guys could also ask us questions or give us recommendations. Or if you're local, hit us up. Be a guest on the show. Always accepting guests. Yep. All right. Well, I think with that, we're going to finally wrap up. Have a good Halloween, you guys. Happy spoopiness. Bye. Bye.